This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man goes to the Father except through me. Now we can draw near to the Father. And that wasn't the case with the children of Israel. Sin kept them from God. They couldn't draw near to God because of sin. They couldn't draw near to God because only the high priest can do that once a year. The law cannot help them draw near to God. How is grace through Christ? We have this hope. It's a pretty good bet that when you were a kid, you got lost somewhere with your parents. Whether it be at a market or at the park, being away from your family was a scary moment. But when you reunited with them, you probably felt so relieved to be found. God is like your father, and when you're away from him, he worries about you. That's why in today's message, Pastor Eddie talks about the grace of Jesus and how only through him will you be found. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 7 as he continues his message, Greatness of the New Priest. You see how simple it was with Jesus because he already fulfilled it. He's telling him, because of me, love. And when Jesus said, upon these two hang all the laws and the problem, what do you mean by hang? He hung on the cross. He hung on the cross. When he said, it is done, finished, completed. You know, we look at the commandments, it's do's and don'ts. 248 do's and 365 don'ts. Do, 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 don't, don't, don't. And it's sad that even people today still want to obey some of those commandments. But when it comes to the cross, it's not do or don't, it's done, done, done. It is finished, telestai, the complete work of salvation. He has fulfilled the law. He's done it. He was perfect. And so that is the reason why now we have, he is qualified to be, which he is anyway, whether we qualify him or not, he is the great high priest. And we're no longer under the law, but under grace. Galatians chapter 3, verses 24, 25 again. Therefore, the law was a tutor to bring us to Christ. That's what it did. It shows how sinful we are. But once we come to Christ, he says that we might be justified. Justified by faith. Not by works. Not by the law. Justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under the tutor. Now is the Holy Spirit that teaches us. You need to be more like Christ. Not condemned. There's now therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, but it brings conviction to let us know, hey, listen, you messed up there. You sinned against your brother or your sister. Go, you know, repent and, and, and go ask for forgiveness. At the end of verse 19, he goes on to say, on the other hand, Comparing it to the Levitical priest, there is the bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. 
better hope. Now, we're just adding the list of better, aren't we? We began our study of chapter one that Jesus is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than the angel. He's better than Moses. He's better than Joshua. He's a better rest. He's the better priest. He's a great high priest. Now we come to he's a better hope. There's two more coming. <laughs> two more betters in our study this morning. It points to Jesus Christ who's our hope. And all who surrender their lives to Christ has this hope, a better hope. Not a, not a hope that it's unsure of or hope hoping something to have, but it's a hope expecting, expecting to be with him. And because of that, we can draw near to God. And it is through Christ where the high priest was the only one that was able to go into the Holy of Holies in the temple. Now through Christ, we can have, we have unlimited access to Christ, to the father. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man goes to the father except through me. Now we can draw near to the father. And that wasn't the case with the children of Israel. Sin kept them from God. They couldn't draw near to God because of sin. They couldn't draw near to God because only the high priest can do that once a year. The law cannot help them draw near to God. However, is grace through Christ. We have this hope. Now, the Levitical priesthood was changed from Melchizedek. Now, we have the law that's changed. Okay, it is now from Levi to, the, to Judah. And now we see that the Levitical priesthood had no oath. No oath. There wasn't a swearing ceremony for the Levitical priesthood. Aaron became a priest, and every son after him, his descendants after him, became a priest. There was no swearing ceremony. I mean, we in our nation, we have a president goes into office. He has to swear in, a governor, a mayor. But you know the Le- Levitical priesthood, the priesthood according to the order of Aaron, did not swear in. But it's different with this one. This is Jesus Christ. Look at verses 20 and 21. He goes on to say, And inasmuch as he was not made priest without an oath. Verse 21, For they, that's the Levitical priesthood, have become priests without an oath. But he, speaking of Jesus, with an oath by him, speaking of God the Father. In your Bible, some Bibles nowadays don't capitalize the he and him referring to God. But it says, it says, but he, Jesus, the Son of God, with an oath by him, speaking God the Father, who said to him, Jesus, the Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Again. I mean, he's really giving a commentary on Psalms 110, isn't he? And he's going back and he's showing that, hey, Jesus, you can, you can see everything in just that. Those simple, it's amazing, just a few, a few lines, just one verse. He's proving that all that, there's a change in the priesthood, there's a change in the law, there's a change in the tribe, all in one verse. And this all happened, this all was prophecy, this is a messianic prophecy, all happened before Moses. God had this plan from the beginning. And so, not only was the Levitical priesthood temporary, it was not forever. And also, there was no oath. There was no oath. There was no swearing ceremony. One became a priest, being born into the Levitical tribe, of, and it had to be of, of, of Aaron. And they couldn't have a birth defect, by the way. But they all died off, and evidently to be no more. 
God never made an oath with them. Never made an oath. However, Christ was sworn in by God the Father. Look at verse 22. It says, by so much more, Jesus has become a surety of a better covenant. A better covenant. Another better. In, in Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6, it says, but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant. It's confirming that he's a better covenant, which was established on better promises. When we get to chapter 8, there's going to be another better, better promises. And this is why the theme of the letter, if you've been with this in the beginning, the theme of the letter of the book of Hebrews is that Jesus is better. Don't look to religion. Don't look to rules and rituals. Don't look at Judaism. Don't look at the temple, the high priest, or man. Look to Jesus Christ. Now we can see the theme. It's mentioned 13 times in the book of Hebrews. Now we see that the priest, that there is death in the priest, the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood. Look at verse 23. Also, there were many priests because they were prevented by death from continuing. Again, they all died off. You know, it is said that in the history of the nation of Israel, in the history of the nation of Israel, they had over 84 high priests. 84 high priests. That's not including the lesser priests. You know, you had a high priest and then you have priests. And one time you can have, we saw in Second Chronicles, you know, um, that there was a priest and there were like 80 priests. Um, it's innumerable to find out how many lesser priests were there who worked alongside the high priest to serve in the temple and to serve alongside the high priest. 84, a lot. Think 83 too many compared to Christ, right? Verse 24, but he, Jesus Christ, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. We serve a God that's unchanging, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his priesthood never changes. Never changes. You know, we, you know, we think, God, you know, didn't you change your mind about cre- creating man? No. <laughs> we change our minds all the time. God knew what he was doing. He didn't say, oh, I made a mistake. He never said, oops, you don't hear that from heaven. He never changes. And his priesthood and all that was planned never changes. Verse 25 said, therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. As a result of the eternal priesthood of Jesus Christ, the great high priest, he is able to save us to the uttermost. Now, the writer is not speaking about save here, referring to saving a sinner from the penalty of death, but it is actually saving the saints from the power of sin. There's a difference. And you find the word save in the New Testament in three tenths, three tenths. You find saved and you find being saved and then you also find will be saved. And it's very simple, very simple. Save is justification by faith. Being saved is sanctification. And will be saved is glorification. So it's a process. We come to Christ who've been justified by faith. So we are saved. And in that process, you know, it's like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to live my life. through. No, there's a sanctification process. It's being saved. 
And then finally, ultimately, was glorification, which is the ultimate plan. And so what does he, how does he do this? How does God save us to the uttermost at the end of verse 25, which I love. I don't know what, how this will bless, if it's going to bless you, but it blesses me. It says, since he, speaking of Christ, always lives to make intercession for them. He, he always lived to make intercession for you, for me, for the church. And just think about it, because you think about, okay, Christ did a lot of work. You know, he created heaven and earth, and there in the very beginning, the beginning was God. He was with God. The word was with God. The word was God. He was in the beginning, and he became flesh. The word Elohim is plural form, meaning, you know, speaking of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Christ was there in the beginning. So he, he created heaven and earth. He spoke earth into existence. He said, light be, and light was. Then he left his throne, and he died on the cross for us. He did the work of salvation, the complete work of salvation. Now, we, we, we think, and the question comes to mind. I don't know if you ever thought of it. What is Christ doing now that he's seated in the right hand of the Father? Well, he's not twiddling his thumbs because there's a lot of work, especially watching over me. That's a lot of work. He's, I got to watch over Eddie. You know, he's a short guy, but he's a big problem. <laughs> but what is he doing? He's interceding for us. He's interceding for us. That's what he does. He's praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying for those that would be that would be saved, justification. He's praying for us to, to save us to the uttermost sanctification. And his prayer is that we will be with him forever. Glorification. That's his prayer. That's what he's doing now. As we sit here, this is what he does. You know, we get so consumed with our, the world around us, the things of the flesh, you know, I don't mean in a bad way, but it's all the materialistic. We know God is spirit. But he's in the heavens. And he's praying for all of us. Interceding for us. I read a book. uh, How the Holy Spirit works. And I think it was that. The work of the Holy Spirit. It's been a while since I read the book. But I was reading this part when he was saying that. You know in his ministry. He will always write letters. To everyone. And he would travel as a minister. He would travel. He would write letters. He, He felt the more letters he wrote the more people will be praying for him. You know, bring, hey, pray for me. Send all these letters out until he came to the passage to say, wait a minute. It's good that I have other people pray for me, but God is interceding for me. Think about that. Yes, you know, we, we want people to be in agreement with us in prayer. Don't get me wrong. That's what we want to do. We, that's what we should be doing. But understand this, that God is interceding for you. He's praying for you. He's speaking to the Father. When we mess up, you know, we have an advocate with the Father, what 1 John tells us. When we mess up, he points to the Father, yeah, he's one of ours. It's not like God doesn't know. And that's what he does. He prays for us. He intercedes for us. Because why? Satan is out there. He's there to save us from the, the accuser of the brethren. And that's daily, you know, we don't realize that sometimes we just, okay, I get up, you know, go to work or go to, go to the mall, do whatever. You don't realize that every day as you plan your day to do what you need to do, Satan is out there looking to see if he could, uh, seek him whom he could uh, devour and destroy. And God knows it, just like the Lord said to Peter, Peter, you know, Satan has asked for you, but I prayed for you. How many times the enemy wants to seek after you and destroy you? Oh, yeah, 24-7. You have no idea. 
but he's there interceding for us. He's accuser of the brethren, and that's what you find in Revelation. I want to read Revelation just to find out, you know, so you could see verses 9 and 10. In Revelation chapter 12, verses 9 and 10, it says this. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old, called the devil and Satan. All four of his names are here, so we know who we're talking about. He's dragon, serpent of old, from the very beginning in the garden. He's the devil, he's Satan. Who deceives the whole world, he has cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. The fallen angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and power of his Christ has come. For the accuser of the brethren, that's Satan, that's the devil, the old serpent dragon, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. You know, I, I don't like that picture. If you see it, you know, rebuke. No, just kidding. It's a picture where you see Jesus like arm wrestling with Satan. The worst picture of them all. I get the, it's worse. I mean, Satan and Christ are not in the same league. Christ created Lucifer. Lucifer turned into Satan. They're not in the same league. As a matter of fact, you read Revelation Talks, it mentions an angel, an angel without a name. It is say Michael, it is say Gabriel, it is say John or Billy. Uh, I call him Bob because he doesn't have a name, but he 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 spells it backward B O B, not like Bobby. <laughs> Bob spells it he, Bob spells it right B O B. Anyway, this angel has no name. He took Lucifer with one hand and he had the chain in the, in the other hand. That's how easy it is. Okay, it's your time. You go. You're gone. And so he's interceding for us. Know that. Saints, he loves you. His eyes are always on you. You know, when I, when I go to the store and I see how, you know, some mothers walk with their little ones and they're just learning how to walk and just watching them, making sure they don't run off or something, you know. You know, it's, that's how the Lord is with us. He doesn't keep his eye off of you. He loves you. He's interceding for you. Let's go and move back to Hebrews. In verse 26, he said, For such a high priest, speaking of Christ, was fitting for us. When I think about the law and grace, yes, he was. Who is holy. In other words, Christ is holy standing before God. He always was holy. When he left his throne to be in the manger, he was holy. When he was on the cross, he was holy. He is still holy. He's blameless without guile. He's innocent, undefiled, untainted, unstained by sin he is separate from sinners the idea is that he's separate from that of the levitical priesthood from man it's not that he wants to be away from sinners you remember when the pharisee says you are the son of god you know you're you're having bread you're breaking you know you're eating with tax collectors and sinners they say hey you who are not sick you don't need a doctor but he went to minister to the lost and then at the end of verse 26 and he became higher than the heavens Christ is exalted. He exalted above the priesthood that's here on earth. The Levitical priesthood was an earthly, fleshly priesthood of the law. He is in the heavens. He is exalted. He is the priest, the great high priest of grace. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus the son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. In Hebrews chapter 8, we'll study this low willing next Sunday. It says, verse 1, he says, We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of majesty in the heavens. 
The qualities listed that we see here enables Christ as the high priest, as a better sacrifice. Look at verse 27. It says, who does not need daily, does not need daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sin and then for the people's. In other words, the high priest, the Levitical priesthood, they had to, before they made a sacrifice for the sins of the nation, they themselves had a sacrifice, make a sacrifice. However, they had to make a sacrifice daily, not once a year, every day. Exodus chapter 29, verse 36 for you students. But Jesus, it says here at the end, for this he did once for all. Once for all, when he offered up himself, what high priest did that? What high priest in the Levitical priesthood sacrificed themselves for the nation? None. But we have the great high priest who sacrificed. He's the king. He's a priest. He's the lamb of God. He gave himself as a ransom for the sins of the world. First Timothy chapter two, verse six, nine. But there is one God and one mediator between God and man. The man, Jesus Christ, our great high priest who gave himself a ransom for all, for all. Verse 28, for the law appoints a high priest, men who have weaknesses, but the word of oath, which came after the law, points to the son who has been perfected forever. We have a great high priest and that's, what he's trying to point out. Now, you may not have this um, Hebrew or Jewish background, and, and, and uh, you, you don't have, you're not, you weren't back then, but can you imagine? There's still, we can see what kind of high priest we have. Quite often, we always want to put our trust in a man. You know, we, we got to have a trust in, in a leader. And people put their trust to think, okay, can you talk to God for us? Or can I talk to you? And then you talk to God. And, or if, if you're not right, can I talk to you? You talk to somebody else and you talk to God? No. When Jesus Christ was crucified, he gave up his spirit. The Bible says that the veil of the temple was torn in two. There is nothing that's going to separate man. Not man, not anyone, not even, the, not even the veil in the temple. We now have unlimited access to the Holy of Holies. We have unlimited access to God the Father in heaven. That is why Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one goes to the Father. No one can go to heaven except through me, who is the great high priest, Jesus Christ. That's why his priesthood is important. That's why his priesthood is important. Amen. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for running the race. 
Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.